So here we are finally. It's been um, what um, three weeks, a month. Yeah, yeah, it's been close. a month, hasn't it? Yeah, I think since we shot our last one. Yeah. So we're really gonna get to do this. Huh? Yeah. Back at it. Back at it. Yeah. Well, it's been a been a crazy time. Um, you know the the snow hit. I guess is what first set us on. Yeah. Uh, off track a little bit, and yeah. um, then we've been playing catch up for two weeks. And yeah. So and I was off for a week. So. You were off on vacation for a while. Yeah. And so uh, now we got a bunch of stuff to talk about, I guess. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Some build up. Yeah. I think we both got several just random talk yeah. to, uh, topics. So I think one, one thing I wanted to point out was um, the last podcast that we did release was Tom Baxley talking yeah. about the values of buying a home, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I thought that was some good content, good value. Yeah, you know? it, it even just. It, so I obviously wasn't in the that episode, but, but you I, were there. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting just watching, and even if you're not trying to buy a home, the way that he held himself and the way he talked about how passionate what he was about what mm -hmm. he did, and I mean that's just something to try to look at and go, man. And how long has he been doing it? Forty yeah. years. If it's if this is if it's a career that you're going to pursue for that long. You know that's that's admirable to go. He's still passionate about that, and yeah. you could tell by the way he speaks and the knowledge he has. He wants to take care of people and wants to be who he is in the community, and uh, so that's pretty cool. I thought that was interesting. If yeah. you're just looking at a career, or looking at what you do, mm -hmm. having that to look at and go, wow, that guy's kind of some someone really to emulate invested. a little bit yeah, yeah he's really invested in it for sure he's yeah. a good guy too and yeah so that was just that was just cool to see you know like maybe some people might check out by then but mm -hmm. he spoke really well was very articulate made things very easy to understand and then just you could tell he cared about yeah taking care of people and, yeah. and you know being very knowledgeable about what he does mm -hmm. so I thought that was cool and interesting yeah He's also, um, I don't know if both his sons, but one of his sons works with him now, so he's kind of got a family yeah. connection too, kind of similar to what we do here. Yeah. So that's been pretty neat. So, uh, you know, um, you and I had visited, and I would mentioned it in training too, that one of the things that hit me after all that ice storm and snowstorm is the kind of camaraderie within the whole company was really yeah, cool. Yeah, th you know? I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I didn't participate as much. I think uh, I I sat at home. I did. I tried to get out and work a couple of days, but uh, my wife is a nurse, so she has to like. She have an excuse, she's yeah. going. To, she's going to work, and we don't have kids, so uh, most of the time I just sat in my living room and watched going TV. <laughs> yeah, so out, I was yeah. going insane. Yeah. Um, so I didn't participate on, uh, but it was fun watching everybody put their their pictures out and videos and. Um, that's really cool to have a place where you can do that, mm -hmm. um, and you know, hopefully that just that continues. So I wished I would have, in hindsight, participated a little bit more. Yeah. But I, like I said, I think I was just yeah, I was in mind-numbingly mind watching TV. Or My wife is like, God, you're driving me crazy because <laughs> I'm just pacing the house, and yeah. I'd look out a window, and then you know, I was going nuts. Yeah. But the the flip side of that was also uh, after we got back in gear, how the team came together. Yeah, I mean that was impressive. Yeah, that uh, everybody well, knew that we kind of, you know, the company took a hit. Everybody sitting around, and so they pulled together. And um, well, even before just 
that you know we knew it was coming mm -hmm. and we didn't know it's Arkansas you never know how bad it's really gonna yeah. be so it could have been a day or two and not nearly as bad yeah. as it ended up being but you know, I think the Saturday before a lot of the teams worked a Saturday to mm -hmm. just to make sure we could get ahead of it a little mm -hmm. bit so I thought that was cool too and like I said just uh, it's maybe easy to take for granted that that's there but to realize that you have that teamwork and that uh, you have that environment at your workplace is yeah. probably pretty rare um, yeah I, I measured we had 15 inches in our yard and it continued to snow after that and yeah. I've heard some people say they measured as around 18 inches yeah that's uh, that's I'm 50 years old and I've never seen that much snow. Yeah. that's crazy yeah it was weird for us because we left Sunday and it was uh, like 20 degrees and I'm like our driveway was pretty bad it was sketchy getting out because yeah. it kind of started melting and then freezing and mm -hmm. so it was it was getting interesting coming up and down the driveway but we left Sunday morning and came back the next Sunday afternoon and it was like no snow at all yeah no, I mean which I, it's not that weird for Arkansas but like going to snow mm -hmm. where we went uh, vacation to coming back to 70 degrees and thunderstorms and yeah. like tornado warnings as we're driving home it was just strange yeah a week Very later it was it was 74 or something yeah. one day and yeah um, yeah and you had sent me that picture from ADM where you had to dig out that snow I mean yeah. that, that looked like a foot of snow and what was more than that I mean it was they had like drifts in between these buildings and mm -hmm. it was like two and a half, three feet of snow. There were some that I didn't even get because get to cause there would be, it was like most of it was powder anywhere and it was just powder. I, I shoveled it because it was easy to get to. But some of it was like this thick of, uh, ice like, back, yeah, yeah. Eight, eight or so inches of just ice. Yeah. So it was like breaking that up. And then there was a couple one where I dug anyways and I like broke the top of the bait station. Because so I, I couldn't find, I didn't know where it was yeah. exactly, but then I found it, I hit it and, and cracked it. So yeah, I was like, you well, there's a placard on the wall, but the station's actually three feet I did over. that a couple times <laughs> where, and that's where I was like, well, I'm not gonna keep doing that because it's, it's almost a waste of time, especially yeah. if I'm breaking stations. You know, it's that you know, like lost money because, um, you know, I think that the count that I was at, it wasn't, yeah. it's not, a, dire situation yeah. where if we miss a few stations well, can you imagine if we lived in minnesota or up north where that's a routine i mean yeah. that's part of your job is digging out stations yeah i know. can't imagine that that, that would, would be that would be terrible yeah and they have to do it for auto purposes yeah. you can't just skip them yeah. you know all the time. there was a there was a couple of stations there where they had done that like pushed snow to make room uh -huh. for i mean it was probably four foot behind a pile and i was like yeah hey, hey what are you gonna do you know? yeah like it, it was uh I think there was really only maybe a five or so bait stations that were that I w couldn't get to. Yeah. But other than that, I, I dug them out. Aren't so. you glad we don't do that every day? Yeah. I'm glad terrible. I brought a shovel because I, I knew that, that might be an issue. Yeah. But, yeah, if I hadn't brought a shovel, that would have been miserable. Yeah. Trying no to doubt. dig it out with hand, your hands. <laughs> well, and then here we are. Three weeks later, and it's uh, spring is yeah, sprung. We're getting, I mean, we've got like daffodils blooming everywhere, and ants, yeah. Mosquitoes are starting to show there. I was walking yesterday, and I didn't stop and pay attention, but it was some type of little bee buzzing around, I mean, a bunch of them buzzing around. I mean, things are popping. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the the springtails, like we were talking about. Yeah. 
I got home and, and found um, like it. So we left that Sunday and then the whole next week here was in the 60s and mm-hmm. sunny and you know and so it like just became a, and really wet so it became a perfect environment for springtails to start just blowing up. Yeah. So when we came home in our bedroom on the floor there was like a six inch by one foot pile of dead springtails just in a perfect pile. Uh, I mean it was probably a couple centimeters thick of just wow. dead. I mean, when I vacuumed it up, the bottom of the vacuum was like an inch thick. I mean, we have one of those He's little. Tiny. Yeah. Oh, I have one of those little. Uh, it's not a Dyson. It's a cheaper one mm-hmm. than that, but the size of it's the same, yeah. and that's what we used. And like, man, I, it was an inch thick of all the way in. So that was a, what a week or so ago. What's what are they like now? I haven't seen any because we've had. You know, it's been yeah, in the thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's warm during the day, but at night it's in the thirties. Mm, that's interesting. So I think part of it is it's kind of dried out. Right. That's and the big I, and thing. I live in a lot of where there's a lot of moisture. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little pond, a wetland kind of thing, not far from my house. So I think there's always probably going to be issues. But yeah. I mean, that Sunday when we got back too outside when it started getting really humid and thunderstormy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was millions of them. Like, wow. like the sides of my garage was just, at least to your waist, was just covered. Wow. I mean, and then when all that rain was coming in, the the puddles of, were black because it was... They were on top of them. Yeah, yeah. they were just floating on the top of but the water. But they seem to have slowed down here lately? Oh, yeah, after Sunday, I didn't. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to help Jerry with a job this afternoon that he had described similar scenarios, so it'd be interesting to see what we find yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I think luckily the way the for me it kind of slopes away mm-hmm. so it gets drier faster right next to our house but I th- and, you know like I said there's there's some wet areas that they're probably always there yeah and when it gets real wet like that it just automatic so you know the books all say moisture is the key and so yeah. once it dried out a little bit whatever yeah I read in there it was like 10 to 30,000 per something, some kind of square foot. I don't mm-hmm. remember, but it's a real small area and there could be that many yeah. in that small area. And so uh, when I read that, I was like, wow, that's. You had that. You had at least <laughs> For that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. They were compiled in one location. Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I don't know why there wasn't. There's not. So they're obviously seeking moisture and maybe the back side of the house at the end of the day it got real warm and they were like I need to go somewhere I, I don't I don't like I said it gets dry right around the house mm-hmm. fairly quickly so hmm. it was strange I don't know why but it was in a perfect little it wasn't like spread out everywhere right. it was just they all needed to get right in this hmm. little thing so. you know they mate uh, the male just drops his sperm just like on the ground yeah and I wonder if there's any kind of attractants. I wonder if something like that had happened, and so they were attracted as a group to that. Heck, I'm just speculating. Yeah, no clue, but I would. That's interesting. Why they would? It, I, that happened again um, in the on the front porch. There was another just pile of them. It was kind. Of, it wasn't as like defined, de- defined but it was still there. Just a pile of dead ones. Huh. It was. It's you know, strange. Yeah. Well, that's that's springtime, right? We get all these just. Nothing, I mean, slow pace for four months, whatever, and then boom, we get all these bizarre scenarios, yeah. and um, they'll go away, and then who knows, you know, it gets humid next week, and you may have them again, or in three weeks from now, and yeah, um, I like to discuss that with customers, say, you know, through seasonal transitions, we see and experience some really, 
unique thing. So, you know, uh, yeah. be prepared well, for that. that. That's one thing I tried to, and I'll, I hope I made a good point of it at training yesterday was, you know, get in, trying to be in the habit of talking to people because mm -hmm. especially right now when it's like, there's no doubt that in a couple of weeks we might get another freeze. You know, yeah. We don't, we don't know. Yeah, we're first of March, mid-March right now. But that doesn't mean that for the next two weeks it's going to be 70 and stuff start to pop in mm -hmm. and, and then it goes away and comes back. So you're going to have people that have all kinds of different things. Yeah. So if you don't talk about it now and follow up with them in a couple of weeks, then... It creates frustration because to them, a month from now, the same problem pops up. They think, well, he never solved the problem. Yeah, I, and I, I was more thinking on the lines of just leads, so talking to people. Oh, yeah. and That's a great point, yeah. You know, if they're silver, like, hey, be looking out for this, or, um, you know, how can we upgrade them to gold? Mm -hmm. What does their environment look like? What kinds of things are you looking for? Um, so if you're looking for those kinds of things, knowing that the weather's going to change, and um, even from where it is now, you might be able to have a conversation that, yeah. that opens an opportunity down the road. That's a great point, yeah. Um, and so the more you're in the habit of looking for those things, the easier those conversations are to have. Um, and then the more conversations, obviously, you have, the easier they're to have, oh, they are yeah. to have later. So that's that. I hope that gets across. It's, it's, the hardest thing is getting out of the truck when you're doing cold calls. But even when you're at an account, the hardest thing is just stepping out of what you're comfortable with. And the, But the more you do it, the easier it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, growth definitely comes from putting yourself in those awkward positions sometimes. Yeah. And then there's, it's not there's, awkward anymore. To, yeah, to there's times about. where, like, cold calls are necessary. But for the most part, I mean, a lot of the a lot of techs can make sales yeah. with where, where they're at. I'm really excited um, about what I, my perception is on the leads that are coming in. Everybody yeah. seems to really be talking to people, and this is the toughest time of year. Yeah. Imagine how that's going to just hopefully take off and blow up in uh, two and three months when we yeah. get, when the supply and demand kind of equal out and everybody wants your service. I've been uh, impressed with everybody that's come together, even mm -hmm. the office of driving that, you know. Yeah. Um, it's been like another thing that's cool to see that mm -hmm. should be the um, growth in the company it's growth right. in individuals it should be something to reflect on and be proud of the, mm -hmm. you know i know sometimes you might be like oh crap i gotta get my right. lead good days and bad days <laughs> yeah, right? but you know you've got everybody working together to do the same thing and, yeah and that's pretty i think pretty cool but back to the springtime um yes yeah, this is, I always say that fall is real challenging because pests are the same kind of scenario. It's warm and cold. And oh, yeah. But the, the, to add on to the springtime is you've got chemistry you hadn't used in several months. Yeah. Pests that you hadn't seen in several months. So you've kind of like, oh, I remember kind of what that is. I think it, this is whatever spring tells. And so you kind of got to revisit that. You got to go through that process to remind yourself about the breeding cycle of whatever you're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, field crickets, you know. Yeah. and. Um, if you well, don't use that information, you lose it, and it's been three, four months. So yeah, for sure. I mean, we normally try to do it in training with weather issues and, and um, you know, this time of year, we hadn't been consistent in training. And uh, so it's going to fall really personally to each person to yeah take a hold of that. Well, there's a lot of tools. It's all there. Yeah, so it's accessible. you got to take the effort to do it. If you don't have <laughs> a Blue Book or the NPMA app, that's something I highly suggest getting. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that if you're a little 
on the more familiar side, that can just set you, you know, look at that up real quick on yeah. the app and then, or in your book, and it'll go, okay, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. There's the insect ID channel. Um, you know, I tell everybody that yeah, most of the time, most of the time, other technicians will jump in and be like, oh, I know what yeah. that is. Yeah. But, but you, you're really good too about finding out pretty quick what it is. Yeah. So within the same day, generally, but well, the, the rubber spiders. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> we had a whole rash of uh, rubber bugs yeah. there for a while. Yeah. So. But yeah, and but you're right. The chat, the challenge is personal because the tools are there to do it. And, yeah. Uh, like I always say, once you have that knowledge, you have it then. So get it. You yeah. know, Find out what it is. I mean, I know there a lot of the the newer people have gone through training and, and they have a resource on the classroom mm -hmm. or had some of them have kind of um, once you get out and you're out for a while like I archive their classroom or whatever yeah. but um, that doesn't mean I can't share that slideshow with the you. picture ID yeah that's and that's all it is is just a slideshow of mm -hmm. all the pests with mm -hmm. the name on them I mean, yeah it's pretty pretty easy so yeah Reach out if that's something you want. I, it's not that hard to get. Yeah, that's um, just another resource because it's available in other places too. Yeah. But if you just kind of wing it, you're going to struggle. You know. Yeah. Um, you know the the chemistries, the different products we use. Remember, is it four milliliters to a gallon or eight? I mean, just remembering all your dilution rates and yeah. it's it's uh, just out of practice. It's not a yeah. bad thing, but you got to get back in the groove. You yeah. know. You got to look at your labels. There's yeah. another the the kind of resource the product list that we have where it just breaks down mm -hmm. uh, I mean your active ingredient and your application rate or dilution rate it's all right there for most yeah, yeah most such situations it's right there yeah man so that's a resource I always advocate reading the labels if, especially if it's something you're not familiar with mm -hmm. just you know looking at your PPE what you're supposed to have yeah most all of them are gonna be long sleeves gloves boots long pants sure I mean just go to that standard you know you're covered yeah you know? um, and we're always there too yeah you know um, I don't mind helping and but sometimes that a lag puts you a lag in your return on information too because you're waiting for us to return a call or a message and yeah. you could have just looked it up yourself so. yeah you know uh, spring uh, you know something that just pops in mind is mosquitoes season you know we've talked about that in training a little bit yeah and um, right now with all the the warm temperatures that we have, and if it was to continue to stay warm and all the moisture we've had, it, I mean, they would just explode. But we're still in that transition where, you know, we're having cool nights, uh, really yeah. some really cool nights. And uh, if mosquitoes are below 60 degrees, they're pretty lethargic. They're, they're not moving. Yeah. And we're definitely below that in the evening. Right. So by the time it gets above 60, maybe whatever, mid-morning, late morning, and then again by... Um, late afternoon it starts cooling off again so you got a pretty short window of mosquito yeah. activity for the most part but everyone should be paying attention to their weather apps and making decisions uh, well, we talked about this in training the other day and again yesterday that mosquito treatment isn't chemical application right. that's just another tool in the box and so inspecting looking for breeding sites and dumping them yeah uh, that's part of your treatment so that doesn't mean you have to just apply chemical to right. say you did a mosquito trip. Well, I think it goes back to everything you do, and what we really want to advocate is that for everything, what's the best application? Mm -hmm. So if it's habitat mo um, mo modification or 
Um, you know, if you're trading for German roaches, you know, what action plans is going to be the best course, yeah. you know, like, uh, so analyzing everything and then making your decision off that, but not, not every service for every job needs a treatment. And yeah. So th I think that's what needs a chemical big, application. Right. That's the key. Right. Know, right. I, that's what I meant instead of treatment, chemical application. You know, I put my money where my mouth is, you know, I got to run some route work and, uh, you know, I was switching out monitors yeah. and but I wasn't making chemical applications. Yeah. Just, and I felt like I did pest management. Yeah. To a hundred percent, you know, and um, uh, maybe more so for new people because probably your perception of pest management is chemicals yeah. when you walk in the door for the first time. And, yeah. Uh, it, I think your veterans more grip that mentality though that it's not about always about the chemicals, right? You know, so we'll bring those people along and and they'll start seeing those kind of things. Yeah, I used to take care of Salem Memorial Hospital. I went once a week, and I, I can't tell you how little applications I would make there. Yeah, I mean, just it'd be interesting to go back and look at my service tickets over a year over the last five years. I mean, I literally bet. I mean, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's such a minute amount. Yeah. Because it's not needed. It wasn't needed. Yeah. You know, education in those environments is a big part of it. So. I know, like, uh, even large facilities, like when I used to service Pepsi, it would be mm -hmm. probably months and weeks where the only thing I'd use is first strike. And right. a lot of times it was just because the bait was weathered and, mm -hmm. you know, you have to keep, keep it fresh. But for the most part, there wasn't a need for a lot of yeah. chemical applications. Yeah. So that's that education, that's that next level kind of stuff. You mentioned German cockroaches and I mentioned monitors. So that's a, yeah. from my experience when we were, uh, did get to get out and, and do some route work is that we still have some work on monitor placement, mm -hmm. you know? And um, again, I don't know, I'll say next level kind of stuff, but it's, you know, man, there's so much good information that comes from a monitor yeah. if it's utilized properly. Right. If it's not utilized properly, it's giving you false information, which, you know. One thing I always try to tell new hires when, when I am teaching monitor placement is don't look for monitors. Look for arbitrary. And that monitor Do, should be, that's a great. Focus on yeah. your thorough inspection. Like mm -hmm. I, If you put a monitor somewhere that doesn't make any sense, it's not going to help you anyway. Yeah. So why would you be looking for it? The that's other thing is I always challenge everybody is like, I guarantee you, I get that I'm, I've been here for 10 years plus, whatever. But I, I guarantee that I could find more monitors than most people because yeah. I'm not looking for them. I'm doing inspections on Harpergeries. Yeah. So you do, you do have, there's some training your brain a little bit of where those are. And I, the other thing I say, it's like, I don't know what movie it is or um, like the Terminator or whatever, where when he's like looking for things, mm -hmm. analyzing, like it'll- All the scanners and well, stuff. Well, like going. it'll, something that he's looking for, it turns red. Yeah. And so that's kind of how, it's, that doesn't physically happen, but that's kind of what I think of when I'm looking at stuff mm -hmm. is like, as I'm shining my light, I'm going wheels, I'm going, you know, hey, that this is a, you know, the back of a cabinet and it looks kind of weird, so let me look at that. Yeah. And so those are the kinds of things that are like popping up as I'm looking at yeah. I mean, it. And I'm human, so I'll miss some things here and there, sure. but um, that's that's more of my goal is to do a thorough inspection rather than just go look for monitors. Yeah. But I promise I will find more monitors than I would doing a thorough, like if I was just doing a thorough inspection, I'm gonna find more monitors than I would 
just looking for monitors. Yeah, no, that's a great training tip or just pro tip. Yeah, that's a great pro tip. Look for Harvard's, you'll find the monitors. Yeah, and if there's not a monitor there, there should be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, we got some work to do on that. Uh, yeah, there was a, a couple things, situations where I could definitely see some improvement. Um, takes a little personal creativity too, not just oh because it's easy to put one there. Let's put one there. Yeah, um, it, it takes some. You know, uh, you pull a a piece of equipment out and it's got ten screws all around it, to, and it's uh, you can see it, but it's gated. Uh -huh. You can't put any monitors there. So either find a way or you take some screws off and yeah. put it where it needs to go. Yeah. I mean, that's just the job. That's, you know, I get that it takes a little bit more time and you might be behind all this, but it's gotta be done. Yeah. It's just, you gotta find a way to make it happen. Yeah, when I used to run route and take over somebody else's route, I had like a personal challenge with myself to re find and replace every one of their monitors yeah. and find spots they didn't go. You yeah. know, it's like I wanted to, get all their stuff out because this is my account now and mm -hmm. um, I love finding those old monitors people hadn't found since 2018 to yeah. 2000. Oh, I, I, you know, it wasn't maybe a couple years ago, I found some old Bugman monitors. Oh yeah. And you know. I've had a few of those. <laughs> yeah. But. Like, oh yeah, I'm getting to places other people hadn't been to. Yeah. I know uh, I would say Matt a couple times when, several times he'll send me pictures of like an old monitor that of mine that he found or something like that. Yeah. You can tell by my handwriting or something like that, and, and so I know he likes it too. Yeah, he likes to find them. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, um, you know, we talked about spring and the changes and some of these more, but we we got quite a crew of new people, mm -hmm. so they're going through that. I don't want to call it painful, but that learning curve where it's not as easy as it's going to be in the near future. Oh, yeah. uh, you're 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 learning so much you're just now learning to walk and before long you'll be running sprints yeah. but uh, you gotta get there you know there's been a couple how many we got right now that are in training eight or nine you said um i want to say seven wow mm, somewhere thereabout. Yeah, yeah seven or eight so i was just trying to count in my head um but three are going to be going out in the next week or so. Yeah. Um, and they've had, you know, they helped us out a lot through the that winter storm. I yeah. Mean, on that back end of it, they were you kinda, able to take a lot of, you know, maybe not easier, but less challenging accounts and, and yeah. help out a lot. So. Yeah. Well, you've actually kind of updated the training process to once they pass their state required exam, they're getting one day a week of mm light route work right. and I think that's great man because you get out in the field and you're going to see things that aren't covered in the books or you're going to connect dots of things yeah. that are covered in the books you're going oh now that makes well, sense and you know that's probably some of the biggest stresses is like okay that and we know that you've seen probably most at mm -hmm. least seen it but now you have to take what you've seen apply it and now you have and sometimes you're not that experienced with pest pack or maybe you are but now you actually have to do it yourself mm -hmm. and you and you don't have someone to kind of help you that's right there training you or helping you figure it out yeah. so there's just too many things that I, it make it you go slower and then now you're behind on your schedule and so it, there, I think there was a lot of things compounding to make yeah. it a really difficult first no, week I think that's gonna be a great process it's gonna really um, 
So yeah, make that, them more efficient when they do. The get, idea you know, is like you get some easy accounts, um, you know, are less challenging that aren't going to have as much things come up. Um, but then you kind of you you don't have a full day, but it, if you get behind, it's not a huge deal. Yeah. With, you know, like we can move stuff around for you to to work that out if you need to take it longer. And then you're getting the opportunity to visit with them. And go, hey, what was the, the goal? Is to go you? ride with them, to go work with them, yeah. and kind of just be a shadow. And and then if I need to step in, I can. Mm -hmm. um, if there's a specific thing, um, I like to work in progress. We'll just yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah, looking for improvement all the time. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a great addition to the whole new hire process. Yeah. So the other thing was to try to. We, I think we talked of touch base a little bit, but to focus on the customer service aspect to just make sure that that's as prepared as possible and, and comfortable as possible mm -hmm. to speak to communicate with customers in a in a you know comprehensive way that makes them be confident that you're there. Yeah, which I could definitely see as a new new technician not feeling that confident of someone being there to take care of you yeah so unless you're good at communicating then it could be challenging to make people feel good about you being there right yeah yeah even good communicators being thrown into new terminology and new situations mm -hmm. can be a challenge you know yeah. so um, you know one of the things we've been talking about is be be the expert and um, I had this conversation yesterday it's why it's fresh on my mind that these new guys that have been here just a month are way sh should have had more information given to them now if they retain it or utilize it. Yeah. On the flip side there, right. but then a lot of people that's been in our industry for a long time definitely more than the general public. Right. And so you should wear that confidence on your sleeve that hey, I've I've got some education about yeah. this topic we're discussing. You know. That's definitely the a tough thing. I mm -hmm. mean, it's. That's why with putting them more in those situations yeah. and then like even trying to challenge them to step up while they're riding with people to go, hey, let me go, let me take the lead or, and you know, I'll trust the technician to find someone yeah. that they know would be a good person to test out. That's tough for the trainer uh, too because that's yeah, you gotta, very, you're losing control. Yeah, you're bit, letting your baby go a little you just, bit. So. You just have to realize that you're um, setting that, that person up to be a good team member. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the more you can do that, the better. But like I said, I would trust that uh, if you're training somebody that you're not just throwing them to the wolves to someone that it's not going to respond well yeah. to someone new talking yeah. to you. So. Th this customer's a super jerk. Go yeah. talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, be in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope that's not happening. So. So, and then, uh, you know, we're talking about a lot of personal growth, but, um, you know, growth for the company, I'm really excited for the year, how this is going to transpire. We've got some lofty goals, and yeah, we're a bit behind, you know, the yeah. weather hurt us. Um, yeah, that's one thing I wanted to, um, I guess, touch base on or just talk about a little bit is the lack, the loss of momentum. Yeah. And that feel like we hit production on 
January, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And then February, the storm, and just that one week, I mean, it felt like it took a lot of sales out of a lot of things. So yeah. the, our, our Monday morning video didn't get done for three weeks because of yeah. the storm and I was gone. I mean, I know I had it on automatic and I didn't realize it until... Yeah, just show them the same <laughs> video. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I got the message, yeah. okay? So, um, you know, and, and um, you know, the podcast obviously didn't get done. I, I, I felt... When I got back, I was way behind, and yeah, it was right. like felt like I took a week to get back into the groove of things. So, um, and then even just personally working out, I yeah, know, I've been back to doing it the last couple of days, and it's been it's, I'm it's hard the, to get back. I'm on the struggle bus for right. sure, trying to get I back into it. I think everybody had some of that experience, though. I mean, just took you out of your routine, and yeah. now you're behind the eight ball, and um, you know. So I, when I Long, 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 long time ago, before I started here, I did sales job, mm -hmm. and if you sold something, they made you get back out because you're hot. You're yeah. the, you had the momentum, right? Yeah. And it was weird. Like I wouldn't sell anything for a week, and then I may sell four in a day, and it was just like, man, I'm on fire. I got to go talk to somebody else, yeah. you know. And um, so yeah, there, there, the momentum's real. Yeah. I, th so what I was gonna add to that was the feels like that kind of happened but we we as a team I think have helped each other yeah get that win back in ourselves and yeah. so that's pretty cool where uh, I think it's just bounced back this week though it feels like it, to yeah. me personally like the momentum's just picking back up right you know yeah but we did some things the week last week even where we're just trying to push mm -hmm. and like get everybody back um, having momentum and it feels way better to have momentum yeah than when it just gets sucked out and then right. you're kind of I don't know, a bump on a log just trying to get through the Right, just grinding it out. and So, um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting as I thought I had about, I, I applaud everybody that is putting in the work and um, it's hard to get back and going. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm there right now, mainly, especially with working out. It's, it's been a rough couple of days. Yeah, I need to do the same. So, you're not helping me. You're not <laughs> encouraging me with it. It's, it stinks. It's hard. Um one thing, the thought that this was while you were talking about uh, the leads and stuff, though, is um, worry about just I got to get a lead, someone get a lead, and it not be either a good qualified lead or you didn't really try to you know get it. You're just yeah. like you felt like the pressure to get a quota or something. Yeah. So, you know, I'd encourage everybody to heartfully look for opportunities to help people, yeah, and not just uh, throw a price and at them and be done with it. That's the key, though, is look for opportunities to help people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the thought process you have to have behind it. Is that if you're uncomfortable selling stuff, well, just be proud of what you do and and what who you represent, and and that's your team. And you know, it's not that hard to say, "Hey, this is what we do, and this is what I can offer you." Yeah. If they say no, okay. Yeah, um, I'm here for I you. I would challenge time. too that even if it is, you know, like a end of the day, last minute lead. Use it as practice. Like, mm -hmm. okay, if if they say no or whatever, did you do the best that you could do? And then look at it, you know, turn the lead in, but yeah. look back and go, okay, I could have said this better. Yeah, or, right. I did. Use I it as a the way I wanted, yeah. Use yeah. it as a, a learning opportunity mm -hmm. to challenge yourself to keep pursuing that to be better. Yeah. Because it may, for a lot of people, be uncomfortable. But the more you do it, the less uncomfortable it's going to be. It's yeah. just second nature. You're just going to do it every time.
Yeah, sometimes, and I, I'm probably guilty of this, I know I have been, is you'll talk yourself out of it too. You'll yeah. just, I got so much stuff I want to say, and they were just wanting to know, can you fix it? And what's it going to cost, <laughs> yeah. you know? And um, so sometimes you, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. yeah. You know? Start with that. Start with the least complicated. Yeah. And then that's going to make it easier for you, anyways. Mm-hmm. If you just go, hey, this is, this is what we do. Here's how I can help you. Here's what it's going to cost. Yeah. And that, I mean, th- we have a sales thing, and I don't think we have it in front of us, but. The four steps of success. Yeah. yeah. S- something like that. But if you keep it as simple as that, like, hi, I'm Justin with Macaulay Services. I noticed this while I was doing your service. It's going to cost, it would cost this to fix it. Mm-hmm. Are you, is something you're interested in doing? That's as easy as it can be. Yeah. Now, if they ask questions, then you can elaborate. And, but yeah, a lot of people, you're going to find that. There's a few people that want to know like everything about what you're going to do. Yeah. What, what's your product? Is it safe? And you know, blah, blah, blah. most people are like, yeah. "Can you solve the problem?" Yes, great. Yeah, <laughs> most of the, you know, my interactions or experience has been like, "Okay, yeah. actually, yeah, I was thinking about that, and all that you can do that, great." Oh, I've, or, been, I've or, been meaning to get that done. Or yeah. no, I'm not that interested in that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, no, hurts my feelings not one bit. Right. You know, that correlates into not just pest management, right? right. I mean, um, I don't know how my Wi-Fi works, but I wanted Wi-Fi, and I got the guy to come <laughs> yeah. hook it up, you know? Yeah. And uh, most people don't know how their car runs, but, yeah. hey, I need you to fix it. So yeah. um, I think majority of consumers are more in that lane than... Right. Well, I mean, if you put yourself in those posi- in those situations, I think mm. we've talked to some about it in previous podcasts, but... You know, I had a fridge repair guy that came out, and I was probably the nosy guy because I was like, kind of wanted to know why the fridge broke. Right. But, um, and I really, I was looking at it like he came in, it was super professional. They got a text message before he got there. Yeah. His with his picture and everything, so I knew what he looked like. We got that he going looked, on now too. He looked super professional. He he knew what he was doing. He got in there and his knee pads had a. Uh, he toweled everything up. Oh wow! I mean, it was. Which I was, was kind of yeah. I just kind of stood there and I was like, "This, hey, we what can to, I learn? Like, from like, how how yeah. can we do like uh-huh. what what he's doing? Because I'm extremely impressed." And you know that that right there is the image I want people to see when I'm training. Like when, even in orientation, I talk about professionalism. Yeah. And, like you're just projecting professionalism. You want to. You want to pull up and they go, oh, this guy looks professional. There should be no question that you're there and that you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So even if you get to a situation that you don't know the answer to right then, you're still, well, sure. hey, I, here, ask questions about, get as much information as you can. Like, hey, here's, uh, let me go check with my supervisor and, and I'll, yeah. however that needs to go to go I'm going to take care of it. yeah hey let me go look it up let me do some reading and yeah. uh, research however you want to word it yeah so but anyways I, I got do you remember the name of, of the company co- you remember the name of the company um Mr. Appliance Mr. Appliance mm-hmm. give them a shout out then. yeah uh, <laughs> is it like a franchise or is it I don't know that I just know it, it was sounds in, pretty sharp yeah so um but yeah they were it was it was easy See? so Butterfly effect because I've got a fridge that broke. It was actually my grandparents' refrigerator. Yeah. Before I can take it to the dump, I got to drain the freon. So I'm trying to find somebody to do it. So I'm gonna <laughs> have to call Mister Appliance. Yeah. So. Um, but like the whole thing was great because there was a like a piece, like the condenser went out or something. So I had to buy a new one, 
and so he had to come back a week later after the part came in but like two days after he left it started fridge started working again hmm. and so i called him and said whatever it's but it seems fine i don't know like it's because it wasn't keeping temperature yeah it was like kept getting up to 45 50 degrees and i was like oh it's just gonna all this is gonna get ruined uh but anyways they he came out uh, like i so this was where i was at was like well you came out you did a real excellent job and fixed the fridge mm-hmm. obviously i'll pay you for the service to come out but i don't not, i don't want to pay for the part they're like oh yeah no worries so that, it was just easy wow. i paid him the one time when he came out to check it he was like well i'm not charging you for this trip i just tested the Thing. So it, it was yeah, just cool. good. Yeah, a good experience. I'll definitely gonna call him back if uh, you need something. Yeah, if if, if uh, you know, hopefully they're they service around here because that was in Fayetteville. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, what else we got? <clears throat> Bed bugs. I've got this on my memory list here. Mm-hmm. Is um, seems like we've had a little spike of bed bugs here lately. Yeah. And um, I, I've been involved in a couple of them, and I know I've heard some other folks are working on them, and. Um, yeah, it seems like in the past we've had spikes around the first of the year. You know, there's been some talks about trying to figure out you know, bed bugs seem to s- spike at certain times of the year, and they yeah. try to correlate why. And one of the speculations was around the holidays, people are all indoors through winter, and um, that bed bugs are, are you know doing their thing. And mm-hmm. so when spring hits, uh, people start tend to see them they've been you know going on for a couple months in the structure so yeah that's one if there's travel involved for holiday and stuff you're right you know we had had a whole lot of travel this year in the past so that who knows i mean that's a difficult one to to check one of the things that came up though is one i got to be involved in there's been a a newer concept around the industry about no prep bed bug jobs meaning you know we we send out a uh, a prep sheet to the client of what they have to do to prepare for us to come out, which is a ton of work. You know, yeah. draw their clothes, empty their drawers, and run their clothes to the yeah. dryer, that kind of stuff. And the newer concept that's out there, which has been around for a little bit, is that they don't do anything. They leave the environment just the way it is so that you, when you walk in, you see the environment the way the bed bugs are, are normally there. And it helps you to do a better application. And also, if something needs to be run through the dryer or done what the client knows that you do it, and you charge for your time, but you know it's been done and done properly. Right. And so we kind of did that process at um, this last customer's house, and it wasn't because I would planned on it, but she was elderly and couldn't really do a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But when we left, I felt like uh, more confident that it was done good. We went and did another follow-up and found, like, um, the bed looked great. We found three bugs on a couch. But, I mean, I, I just felt like, hmm, maybe there's something to that. But again, that's next level. You couldn't, you, you you couldn't send somebody that wasn't committed to do a really good bed bug job and know what they're doing. Yeah. Because it took some effort. I mean, we're between doing treatments, we're taking loads to the dryer, taking clothes out of the dryer, putting them in trash bags, putting new ones in. And yeah. I mean, and so it was a whole process. But yeah, it would need to be kind of a team. Definitely team. Yeah. I, that, I had Chase with me that day, and that worked out great. Yeah. Um, you know that could be that could help scheduling you know that might be a, a more appetizing thing for customers too because if you can just know that you're probably going to do it yeah you can have all you 
know, have as much as you can. There were a lot of things. So uh, there were some other uh, shelf storage that had clothes in it that, you know, went through it all, went through the shelves, didn't find a single bed bug around yeah. it. We would have made them empty all that out and disrupt that environment. Yeah. Um, well, I just mean, like, we have all that stuff. When we go, we can just, when we go do an inspecting quote, you could be like, oh, we can do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that might be, or we, That's a we can do it tomorrow point. rather than yeah. wait for them to go, well, I can't do this. Until yeah, this I got to take off work yeah. because I got to draw all the clothes. Yeah. And that might be a. That's a real good point. A, you know, a good selling point. Yeah. The other thing that might be challenging is like bed bug crews are from larger companies. You know, they have a crew. That's all they do yeah. is bed bug work. That's all they do. And so that would be interesting to see how we piece that in with the minimal that mm -hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. Especially because they're, you know, all over, you know, we got Tulsa. Yeah. Where I see them is Tulsa, Little Rock, Hot Springs is where yeah. the three areas. So that's kind of far. <laughs> Seems like each one of our uh, areas has the better bed bug technicians, though. Yeah. And just more experience. I'd yeah. Say. Yeah. yeah. And Dale's getting a lot of experience with them right now. I know Tim and this central branch has worked with them quite a bit. So yeah. this branch is getting more. So, one of the things you uh, kind of shifting gears, you kind of upgraded the tracking of the equipment mm -hmm. uh, recently, where you're actually barcoding all the equipment. And where'd you find that software at? We were already using it, it just was underutilized. And so, I mean, by no means has it been easy to do, it's just time consuming and effort to yeah. get everybody all the stuff scanned. Well, it worked out good for training. Yeah, that was a moment, huge yeah. goal of mine. I was like, I knew everybody would be in one place. Um, and so uh, that was my laser focus on that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I can scan it in. Uh, I can check it out to people. I can look at, I, you know, I can look at who has what. So I can pull up your name and it'll tell me what you have. But mm -hmm. also try to send emails so that they know that I know that you've got it. Just um, confirmed to, yeah. Yeah, so... So what was happening is you, you, you know, guys, well, I don't have a B and G any, you know. Well, where to go? Yeah, so that, no that's the big know. thing is yeah. like it's gonna help me figure out who has what. And um, there was a little bit of an issue that when I kind of shifted into taking over equipment, mm -hmm. um, and just not knowing whose stuff was what, and yeah. there was an issue with the tag it and then your truck number and then I don't know what your truck number is it is and um, anyways there's just some issues where stuff got lost and I wanted to not stuff have got it. borrowed too that doesn't get given back I think that happens a lot you're trying to help somebody out and they borrow your B&G or your duster or whatever and then next thing you know you're looking for it and you can't find it and yeah well and then so this does a lot it you can put it as lost and so you can see your lost assets and you can see well, you know, I know how much this, you know, so I think for the company, it would be a benefit of like, I think I can look at like repair costs too. So mm -hmm. how much did this equipment go through repair? But each piece of equipment goes, every time it's repaired, it creates an event. So I can see, mm -hmm. you know, whose it was and, and why it needed repairs and what, what, what it went through to get the repairs, that kind of thing. But really the biggest thing was 
to cycle through repairs as fast as possible mm -hmm. so that I can work with Jimmy or if it's something I can do right then I can get it in get it out as fast as possible yeah and that was the biggest thing was to to avoid confusion of where it is it is and where it's supposed to be and get it in and out as fast as we can yeah but I think there's a lot of opportunities for it to sounds like it you know it's going to identify people that are hard on equipment because some people are harder than others on equipment and yeah uh, they have something that's breaking routinely and being able to just track it. It's going to be interesting to look back at that yeah. data that you're collecting there. So you know, we did equipment. The other thing, though, just you need to know, it's going to hold you accountable for your equipment. Yeah. You know. Things have changed around here a little bit as far over the years when um, you something broke. Like if you're, you know, you broke something, that was your responsibility and you yeah. had to pay for it and I don't think we adhere to that as much we're more lenient to understand that maybe something happens but if it's a, a, a actually neglect on your part I think it's fair I mean yeah. if it's I, wear and tear you've had the same flashlight for three years and it yeah you know, I that's one thing I but. definitely look, look at that and it's something I'm trying to do better at but yeah I mean if, if you're just if neglecting it and you lost the flashlight you're paying for the flashlight yeah um, if you left your B&G's out and they froze. they froze. You're paying for that. You're paying yeah. for whatever broke. That's all preventable stuff. Yeah. You know? And it's not like we don't remind you or tell you. Like I, I'm pretty sure, almost every time it's coming to a freeze, I've seen Phil or somebody go, "Hey, it's going to freeze. Put up your trying stuff. to help to yeah. prevent that. I mean, yeah. We don't want people to have to pay. It's expensive too. Right. Yeah. Not just that. It's you remember what a wand cost? It depends. So luckily, if you just if you just crack the sleeve, mm -hmm. it's like 30 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you crack anything in the handle, you oh, have to yeah. replace the whole handle, and that's like that's, it's like 170 bucks. Yeah. 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 So, you know, just if you do crack it, hopefully it's just the wand. They're just the wand. But you then you got the, the pain to. Yeah, you got to fix it, fix and it's, it. not, it's not easy. It doesn't take five minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, training went well where we broke into some stuff. The equipment and show people how it works and understanding and um, you know I, people pull their filters out and like God look at my filter you know yeah. and not realize that their equipment wasn't working right they yeah. just were used to it and yeah and then that hopefully Caitlin that was one of them I think it was Caitlin and I said next time you use it you're gonna love the way that thing flows and yeah. works you know uh, you know that's hopefully that gets people's mind spinning on like how often do you have like seismic or something in there and you don't agitate it before yeah before you you know if you left it in there you've released the pressure you left it in there overnight and you didn't agitate it again mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people don't do that but you have to realize that that's gonna settle a little bit yeah I think the only product that we have Alpine WC is the only one yeah, that, that I know suspended. of that stays suspended mm -hmm. no matter what mm -hmm. everything else is gonna settle a little bit and from what I've seen, seismic is is pretty bad at. Yeah, it'll settle. Yeah, it's whatever those carriers, those inert ingredients is what's. So you think yeah. about just that little bit cycling through, and then once it gets stuck in that filter, it's not able to agitate. Right. I mean, you've got stuff coming through it and may break it up mm -hmm. a little bit, but it's probably not the same as a as a gallon just shaking it up. Probably a bit of a off. snowball effect too. It, more residue collects more residue, yeah. and yeah, and you don't realize you keep pumping it, and it's like. Well, I'll just keep going, you know. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, hopefully everybody is geared up and ready for spring because I think we're uh, we're about to bust loose. Yeah, so. yeah. 
like 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 we said, I, I have no doubt that it could freeze again and and prolong a little bit. But it's looking like we're probably more on the end of things starting to blow up. Yeah, yeah. You said something the other day about uh, uh, not wanting people to have to work with equipment that's not functioning good, yeah. and to hold others accountable, meaning you and I and me and the company, that if something's not working right. Yeah, so I think my point there was like, I get that you have your route and you've got you've got to make your daily sales lead and you've got to, you know, make sure you're taking care of customers. So you have a lot of things on your plate just as a technician. Mm -hmm. And my thing was like, I know it's my job, so I'm not trying to like sh uh, shirk any responsibility, but sometimes I get an overload of things that are on my plate. And so if I see something that's like an equipment fix and I'll, I'll try to handle it then and schedule it or ma and maybe that gets moved, but then it's like three or four weeks down the road and I've got other things that I'm right. trying to get done. Um, I just need everybody's help. Like if you're not getting something you need and it should be taken care of, you need to say more than once, like, hey, where is this? Like, right. continue. I, it's not going to hurt my, I'm not going to get mad or hurt, get hurt feelings. I'll probably be mad at myself that I hadn't taken care of it already. So right. I just don't like, um, I don't want people to have stuff that's not working. Right. Um, and so, like I said, I'm not trying to, it's just, I could just use everybody's help to, like, don't, don't just not let your stuff not work. Yeah. You know. Well, you, you just took, complete ownership of that comment but it, it's for all of us you know yeah. if you had Copesan training you need help with like Tim's message me he's having trouble with Copesan University's mm -hmm. website um, and I've told him gave him some advice but if that don't work man bark back at me get yeah. after me and um, it's not just you and I it's the whole and, and I don't want people to say well I told them and then just like leave it right you know tell us again make it it's your responsibility just as much to follow through and get it done right but I, so in that that specific instance, it's like almost like a victim thing, but where, where you're kind of have a victim mentality, where oh, I told you and yeah. you didn't do anything about it. Right. Like, well, what did you do to to make sure you had what you needed? Right. And that because guess what? If it's the flip side and I need something, um, and you know, hey, I need a power duster for next week, Marlo, yeah. and I'm gonna be, hey, Marlo, I need a power duster. Yeah. And that's the way we operate. And right. You you'll do the same for me. I mean, it's just. That's business. That's normal. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that would be a big help, and it would help yourself. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like you're going to get in trouble, or uh, I don't even like that. We're adults. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like in trouble, but it, it's not. I won't be mad. I just, I'd be happy that you got what you needed done, yeah. and taken care of. If anything, you'd probably feel some remorse. I mean, I do. Yeah. That I didn't. That get I it dropped done. the ball. Yeah. Like, hey, I missed this. And or you, some, you'll some do things, better next time. Some things yeah. happened that made this not get done. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, very likely that I dropped the ball. But I could use people's help to just go, hey, I need this. And like I said, I get there's times where I have to do that to people. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I need this. And if I don't get it, I'm like, hey, I need this. Right. Hey, I'll, I'll have a system of like, I hadn't heard back in a couple of days. I need this. I need you to get this for mm -hmm. me. Hey, I need this. I need you to get this for me. Like, I wouldn't just... So, you're, me and you kind of work together on training. So, if I had to get something from somebody at training for training purposes or whatever, and I came to you and I said, hey, I asked them for it two weeks ago and they never gave it to me. That's not an acceptable yeah. answer, right? That's yeah. not something that would be 
you wouldn't be like, yeah, oh, no, okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, Don't worry about right. it. We so didn't need it, really. We're just being jerks. Just the flip this. side of where <laughs> got to be accountable for right. what you need. Right. So. Well, good. And, and you know what? There's uh, kind of a good experiment happening here because there were several people on that equipment list that they needed. They mm -hmm. had to write what they need. Yeah. So let's just not get it and see if they'll <laughs> right. <laughs> let's just uh, uh, see if they. Yeah, we us. actually didn't look at those. We no. just threw it away. <laughs> so, uh, what's well, I got one more point, and this ties. I don't know. This more inventory than your equipment thing is um, exterior bait stations. What mm. do those cost each? They were ten dollars. Then they go up a little Close bit. Close to eleven. Eleven dollars mm -hmm. each, and we keep sending them out the door, but we're not bringing them back. Yeah. And so that means we got, I mean, I don't know, just to make up some numbers, if you go to a home and you put three out, that's $33 out of a $150 initial or yeah. whatever you did. And you hadn't had any feeding there the last three times you've been, so that's $33 is just sitting on the ground. So we need to be picking those up and bringing them back and reusing them. Yeah. On a, on a, you're buying pallets at a time, right. too. You, so so through our... Uh, distributor, I can only buy six pallets at a time. So the faster we go through that, the more it is, and it's not cheap. So do the math: six pallets is about a hundred bait stations on a pallet. So eleven hundred dollars per pallet. Yeah. So you're you're sipping six grand. Yeah. Uh, uh, every time I order, six grand. Same thing with monitors. Those are nothing. I have to order a pallet at a time, and yeah. they're slow. And so I, I'm I'm gonna be bad on monitors this month. So I apologize for that in advance. Yeah, uh, they're they're slow. Um, Cause they print them I don't, specifically I, for us. I don't understand why they're that. It doesn't seem like in the past they were. I know when we first got into doing our own logos, they would run like six pallets for us, and they would warehouse them for us. Yeah. But they may not be doing that anymore. I don't think so, because the last few times I've ordered, it takes yeah. over a month. Yeah, I bet they're. I bet they're so running on this. The last time I ha I messaged our, um, you know, distributor, and he reached out to Catchmaster, and then they shipped them. Hmm. So I may do that again, and to like, you know, I messaged our our distributor and said like, hey, I need this as fast as I can yeah. get them, but that doesn't need a whole, a whole lot but anyways like you're saying um a lot of those things um mbs ones I, i'm getting to where i think we ordered several pallets a long time like years ago when we first switched over to the kind of mm -hmm. the bell the contour um and those have lasted years um, and I'm fixing to have to do it. It's going to be another probably three grand just for the, the pallets of that. So, yeah. Well, so I, I just hopefully you get that, but like to combat the thought process of, well, if I just leave it out, you know, that's that's always working for me. Well, if you have a silver and they you have feeding the day after you put the bait, refresh the bait, and kill one mouse that maybe may or may not be in that environment, but you don't go back for three months, how is that helping you? Yeah. If it cleaned it out in the first week of put it being out there, well, there's two months it didn't do anything. Yeah. There's but also... The other argument is it's in the environment that it doesn't need to be in. Exactly. You got a rodenticide, a toxicant that non-targets um, could get exposed to. And right. so if it's not needed, it shouldn't be there. Right. The other flip-flip side 
is that they lay there and nobody checks them too. Right. Because yeah. I've seen some that look pretty uh, grimy that I don't think has been so checked. That, that probably has to do with not putting them in the system, not putting it in a pest bag so that when you go check it, you see that yeah. it's there and you have to go find it. Yeah. But yeah, there should be a major push uh, coming out of winter to be picking up stations. I mean, if they're not needed, make your educated decision and just pick them up. Yeah, I would say if there's not a specific protocol either that we put together by setting up, you know, a hospital or yeah. something that we want to have there, or it's a copacent account that's required by our protocol or our contract with them to, to have it mm -hmm. there, there sh you shouldn't just automatically put out stations. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Put it out, solve the problem, bring them back in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure some of that fosters out of going through the copasan and all that where they required it, even if it wasn't needed. They yeah. said it's in the protocol you had to Yeah, do how it. many times have you looked at a, a service protocol? Well, that's stupid. Like, yeah, why? Right. It, who came Let's up with make that? an assessment and decide if we need that. The one that, that was, for me, was the uh, Orshelm. That, there was like, it was like 30 exterior bait stations or 10 or something like that. I can't remember. And then 30 interior traps. And some of them aren't very big. And it was like, it didn't discriminate on the size of the yeah. building. It was like, this is what it has just to be. And you're cookie just like, cutter. Really? The, yeah. Now, some of them needed them because they were just badly serviced. Right. It had nothing to do with equipment. It just wasn't being, service wasn't being done good before we took them over. But anyways, it's just that, look at that and go, well, that's just silly. That doesn't yeah. even make sense. Well, the big ask then, I guess, is to... Uh, bring in exterior base stations that aren't needed. Yeah, pick uh, them uh, up, get them out of the environment. Your, your, you know, the chemical application thing, same thing. Like, if there's not a presence of an issue, why, why are we there? Yeah. The the exception is, and it is, is it needed? You just have to assess that. If you're in the middle of the woods and you always have rodent pressure, then that's yeah. a different story. Yeah. If, it, if you're new to the account, look back at the history. Yeah. You'll look back where 2019 we had rodents, and you go through it, none, none, none. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and pick these up. Right. Yeah. So. That could be another thing where people just don't know. Like I, this is the first time I've done this account. Yeah. I don't know if there's. Yeah. And then the history will show you. Right. So. Well, I think is that it. Yeah, yeah, that's a long are, one. <laughs> yeah, guys are falling asleep right now. Like, oh, you guys talked me to death. So maybe we'll uh, wrap it up. We called up. We had three weeks worth of stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. We probably could go more. So yeah. we could talk about OSHA if we really want to put people mm, to sleep. I'm good. Yeah. So just right. be 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 prepared. That's coming. <laughs> yes, OSHA's coming. Um, but yeah, it was great, man. It's good catch up. Yep. Look forward to the next one. All right. All right. Thank you.